You are listening to Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast, episode number 39 with Saima Ali, MD. Assalamu alaikum everyone. I've been receiving a lot of questions about wills and trusts and estate planning. And I wanted to share something on that. And I had prepared a lesson for a course that I was doing, but I think it's a little bit too advanced. And I spoke at a advanced level. So I think I need to break it down a little bit. So I decided to record this podcast for this week on estate planning. And I am also trying to record my slides for this. So I can share the actual video of this on my YouTube channel. So hopefully this all works out and you'll be able to see it better and understand it better. Okay. So our Objectives for today are first learning what estate planning is, defining what estate planning is, and then figuring out who needs estate planning, and then why do we need it, and how do we get it, okay? These are the simple objectives for today. So what is estate planning? Estate planning is defined as the preparation of tasks that serve to manage an individual's asset based in the event of their incapacitation or death. So basically, we are preparing what will happen to our money or whatever other assets we have in this world after we either die or we are unable to make decisions about them. We get into a car accident and we, had a, we have a head injury and we're not able to make the right decisions anymore. So what happens with the things that we have. And who needs it? There's a really strong hadith. It says that it is the duty of a Muslim who has anything to bequest not to let two nights pass without writing a will about it. This is a hadith in the Sahih Bukhari, and uh, it is strongly, strongly encouraging everybody to have a will or some sort of trust set up and be prepared for the time that we may not be able to make those decisions or for the time when we die. And of course, there are so many verses in the Quran that talk about the inheritance law. And of course, that's also pointing towards the significance of this. So who needs it if you have any assets? So basically everybody, if you have a car, a house, a retirement account, if you have life insurance policy, if you have any cash, if you have any gold or anything else that you have that's of value and you want to leave it behind to somebody, then you need to write about it. And especially if you have children, then you need to assign who their guardian will be. So why should you do this? One, because it's your money and you should have a say in who gets it and what happens with your money, okay? Okay. And then you want to plan for your kids. You know, you want to know when they will receive their inheritance and at what age. And you want somebody that you know, somebody that you trust to handle your money and your kids. And of course, you want to maximize the money to your beneficiaries, to your kids or to your loved ones. And another good way of looking at this is that this could be Sadiqajariya for you. If you leave the money working for you in a charity, then your money could work for you even after you die. There are two things that benefit you after your death. 
One is your kids making dua for you. And two is sadaqa jariya or a charity set up that is benefiting the people in this world even after you are gone. So you can leave a trust charity and designate that a certain percentage of that money or the dividends or the profits earned from that go to the poor or the needy through certain charities. And this way your money is working for you even though you're not in this world anymore. So why is it important to do this? So let's look at intestate. That is when you die without leaving any will and your wealth is distributed based on whatever the court decides, okay? And this process, when court is deciding what will happen to your money or your belongings, is called probate. We really want to avoid a probate in the court because one, it is very, very expensive. There are lawyers involved, there are appraisals involved, there are accountants involved. There's so many different people involved and most of your money could be eaten up in the costs. It's estimated that five to 10% of your estate could end up paying for all these bills, okay? Elvis Presley, when he died, he had about 10 million in his estate. And his daughter only got to see about $4 million after this whole process was done. So about $6 million lost just in these fees to lawyers and accountants and the courts, okay? So one, it can be very costly. And two, it can be very lengthy. It can take years for this process to be finished, okay? And then everybody will know about it. Anything that happens in the probate in the court is a public knowledge. And everybody will find out how much you're leaving, what's happening with your money. And if there are kids who are fighting about the money, then everybody will know what's going on. So what are different ways of passing down your estate? One is through a will. You write down directions on who gets what and regarding your kids who will be their guardian. And another way is through trusts, okay? There are a couple of other ways, deeds, and some other ways, but I won't talk about those. I'll just concentrate on wills and trust in this talk. So will will name a guardian for your kids, okay? And it will allow you to leave your property to minors with somebody who will be managing your property. So you will have to name a manager of the property. This will by itself will not avoid probate. So your property will still may still end up in the court and it may still go through that whole process where it's costly and it could take forever. Having a will is better than not having a will because will is a direction for the court. The court at least knows what your wishes are and they'll try to go by them, okay? But will does not keep the state out of probate or the court. And again, this will all be public knowledge. A living trust avoids probate. This protects your money from court expenses. It will keep everything confidential and it can protect your money against unexpected future events, future divorces or, or destructive habits of your kids, okay? We'll look at exactly what those things mean later. And I wanted to mention this, if you have a disabled child, then special needs trust is definitely something that you want to look into. It protects your child's eligibility for benefits like Medicaid. And in this uh, trust, the assets do not actually belong to your child. They're sitting in a trust and 
your child gets some money every year and that way they're eligible for other things in the medical system. So let's take an example, okay? So you have a couple and they have a son. So the son names is John and the couple gets into an, a car accident and they are incapacitated to make any future decisions about their son or about their finances. Okay, let's look at a couple of different scenarios. If they had no estate planning at all, then we have to have people guessing on what, what you would want, okay? So there could be aunts, uncles fighting over who gets what, who will take care of John, and uh, what will happen with your house, what will happen with your car, where will John live, where will John go to school, everything needs to be decided, and there's no directions at all. If you leave a will, then there's some direction for the court. Let's say you want your son to live with Uncle Jack until he is adult. And you are leaving $1 million in life insurance policy for him, which if he's a beneficiary, he may get the money right away, which Uncle Jack will have to manage on what to do with it. Or John will get it until he turns 18. So if you had set up a trust, then everything would be confidential. Nobody knows about that $1 million. And there will be direction on who the guardian will be. And you can really protect your money from your son. So at 16, 17, 18, even 20s, kids are not smart enough to make big decisions about money, right? So you don't want to hand in a million dollar to an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old. Let's say you hand him a million dollar at 18. At 18, John decides that he wants to get married and he gets married and that marriage ends up in a divorce. Guess what? Most of the states, that money will be split in half and half of your assets may be gone in that divorce. Or if John has other bad habits, he gets credit cards and he doesn't know about the high interest rates and he is making all these big purchases and all that money is gone again, okay? So the way you can set this up is that John only gets 4% of the million dollar every year, which would be $40,000, and the life insurance policy, the $1 million stays invested, and somebody else, another uncle who's better with finances is managing the money, and this way the money stays in the trust for as long as you want. You can say that upon graduating from college, he can get additional 2% per year. So that's a motivation for John to go to college. And then you can put another motivation that as long as he keeps working, maintains a job, he can get additional 7% or another 1% or 2% to the base, and he can get 7-8% per year. This way, the money that's invested is still there, and he's getting a percentage of the portfolio, and the money, the principal keeps growing and providing for him, and your money is protected. So through a trust, you can really teach your kids responsibility, and you can protect your money from your kids or any bad decisions that they make in the future, any future divorces or any creditors or any other mistakes that they make. And how do you get it? You should really have it set up through a lawyer who specializes in estate planning, especially if you have good amount to leave. It really depends on your situation. If there's not a lot of money, if you have kids, then you, you can set up a simple will by yourself on LegalZoom or something else that says, these are my wishes. This is how I would want my kids to be taken care of. 
or you can go to advanced level and if you have a little bit more assets than going through a lawyer who really specializes in estate planning, that's the best way to do it, okay? So in conclusion, we should be living, looking at wills and trusts. It's important because one, it's a religious obligation. It's highly recommended that we get this done and to save the pain, not to ourselves, but also to our kids, to other other loved ones that we leave behind, if there are no directions, then uh, nobody knows what to do. So it would save everybody that pain. And who needs it? Pretty much everybody. If you have anything that you are going to be leaving behind, that you need to send, sit down and write a will or a trust about it. And the two major types are leaving a will, which will not avoid a probate, but it may be appropriate in some cases and then a trust, which, which helps, which may be the need in a lot of cases. And how to get it done, speaking with a lawyer, okay? I hope this was helpful. Let me know if there are any questions. And I apologize, we're in quarantine, so my kids may be screaming in the back, so you may hear them a little bit here and there. I'll try to get edited, but you may hear them. All righty, bye.